Today is the beginning of Cursed Episodes Week. Every episode this week will be cursed, so be prepared for spooky things to come out of your headphones and into your life. Or just don't listen this week, you can do that as well. First off, is there any truth to the story that Lady Gaga actually predicted 9-11 20 years after it happened? She waited this long to warn us. And then we travel to the Philippines to meet a man who believes that watching spooky movies can invite demons into your life. I've heard that story since I was a kid. However, he believes that Annabelle the doll will actually come out of the movie and crawl into your soul today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm actually sick. I'm not having a great day, but it's a perfect time to start Cursed Episodes Week because I'm cursed with physical illness right now. have a headache, feel a little under the weather. It's not coronavirus. It's just the other million viruses that exist in the world that I'm inflicted with. This is a short week. I did have to take a long weekend. It's a terrible time to get sick, but what are you going to do? I thank everyone for your patience. Because we only have three episodes this week, I decided I have a couple of cursed topics I've been sitting on. Uh, Not the second one, not tomorrow's episode. That one I just stumbled across and it's horrible. But we're going to cover some cursed episodes. So listen with caution. This episode I'm going to be mentioning some demon names at the ending. I don't think it's going to cause anything to happen to you. But if it does, welcome to Cursed Episodes Week. But let's get the show started here. Let's introduce our newest Patreon supporter walking into Dead Rabbit Command. He's riding on the back of a dragon. It's a tiny dragon. It has to be able to fit into the headquarters. But it's an adorable looking dragon. It looks like Littlefoot from Land Before Time. That's just a brontosaurus. Coming in on brontosaurus, it's Adam Weiland. and everyone give a round of applause to Adam. He was all dressed up in like dragon armor. He had all this cool medieval stuff and then he's just walking in on a cartoon brontosaurus. He's like, oh man, I gotta feed this stupid thing hay and stuff. Like, yes, Adam. And while you're feeding Littlefoot hay, you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you guys don't feed hay to things, that's okay too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. We got to get started. So, Adam, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirtable. Let's push Littlefoot on board. He's on on the rest of the adventures. He's going to be cursed as well. Adam, I want you to take us out of Dead Rabbit Command, and I want you to take us out to Hollywood, California. The reason why we're flying over Hollywood is because of the newest conspiracy theory that's hitting the internet. Uh, Two people believe in it. One person came up with it. One person believes in it. But who knows what is going to come of this? You're like, Jason, you're really covering a story. Only two people believe. Well, here's the thing. It got taken off of the subreddit, Conspiracy No Poll, which is Conspiracy Subreddit, No Politics. So someone's trying to stop this story from getting out. Either that... Either that or their excuse of low-quality content. One of the two. But nothing's nothing's low-quality for Dead Rabbit Radio. I find this absolutely fascinating. Not in jest. I actually find this fascinating. I cover so many conspiracy theories. I read three to four times the amount of stuff that I actually put on the show. A lot of stuff I dismiss as ARGs or LARPs or they're just dumb, just dumb conspiracy theories. This one's super basic. It's really easy. And I just don't know what to make of it. So if you went to the store in January, these were limited edition. I don't think they have them anymore. But there's photos, photographic evidence of this remains. 
They're Lady Gaga Oreo cookies for her new album, Chromatic, which actually came out last year. So at Oreo headquarters, they're thinking, ladies and gentlemen, how do we get people to buy cookies based after a pop star? We can put her name on the whole box, someone says, and they go, that's a great idea. But they don't know. I mean, how do they know there's Oreos in there? Maybe it's just a box of Lady Gaga. If you buy five of them, you can build a giant Lady Gaga yourself. Actually, a normal size Lady Gaga. I think she's like five foot one. But the people sit around and they go, you're right. We want to showcase that these Oreo cookies are not just regular old black and white Oreo cookies. Black. Take that home, leave it to Beaver. We need to show that it's the year 2020. When they made these, they just released them in 2021. We got to show that this is this year. So how do we let people know these aren't the bland, boring cookies you knew from the past that we sell, that we're going to sell after this? But for this month, we're selling these? I know, someone says. How about we draw an illustration on the package showing that her cookies are pink with green filling? And everyone goes... That's it, Jonathan. Great idea. You've earned a promotion. I've never worked in a company like that. I imagine that's how that works, right? People just yell out ideas until everyone's promoted to CEO, and then they start their own companies. So that's what they did. These Lady Gaga Oreos. Photo's going to be in the show notes. I was going to put it as the the art for the episode, but I didn't want to get sued, because of what I'm about to say, I don't want Oreo to come after me for a trademark violation. You Was I saying Oreo this whole time? I meant Hydrox. Hydrox, the generic cookies. They actually came first, oddly enough, but you have these Oreo cookies and there's an illustration on the bag of a giant gash, like someone ripped open the bag because nothing's more appetizing when you go to the grocery store to have an illustration. You go to buy some milk and it looks like like someone's already opened it. There's a cartoon handprint on it, like your uncle got to it the night before you did and drank out of the jug. It looks like someone ripped a huge gash in the package showing the green and pink Oreo cookies inside. But Professional Crew 99 pointed this out on the subreddit Conspiracy Notepole. If you take a photo of this package of Lady Gaga cookies, which he apparently owns, because the photo he posted, I think he actually took, like himself, like he was holding it, and he's like, should I eat these now, or should I expose the truth to the world? If you look at the cover of the Lady Gaga Oreo cookies, the gash, the aforementioned gash, the rip across the bag to show what the cookies look like, matches up, (laughs) matches up to the hole in the side of the World Trade Center when a plane flew through it. What's interesting is Professional Crew 99 put this theory out there. I'd read it and I was immediately. Just like, what? <laughs> like, what are the implications of that? What, she's not predicting it, because it happened 20 years ago, so it's not predictive programming. Are we to believe that she's, like, celebrating the attack? Did she have final approval? Did they originally have, like, a little window in there? And she's like, you fools! She throws the Oreo package to the ground, scaring all the CEOs. She goes, how was anyone supposed to be reminded of 9-11 with this? <laughs> And they're like, what? What are you talking about, Miss Gaga? She's like, what? I thought that was the whole reason why I was partnering with you. I tried to do this with the Keebler elves, but they weren't down with my 9-11 imagery. Did Oreo kowtow to her? Was she behind this? Was the designer behind it? I mean, I'll answer all those questions. It was an... Here's the weirdest thing about this. It does look exactly like it. It does look exactly like it. It'll be in the show notes. I think it was an accident. Let me rephrase that. I hope it was an accident. 
You hope there's not someone at a cookie company or anywhere, for that matter, (laughs) designing packaging to remind us of national tragedies. To add to all of this, of course, because this is the way it goes, she recently, again, this was on her Chromatic album, she released a song called 911. I listened to it. It was good. I love early Lady Gaga stuff. I just haven't been a fan of hers recently. She's one of those, like Selena Gomez just gets better. This is a music podcast all of a sudden. Selena Gomez just gets better with time. Lady Gaga, yeah. This song was good though. So, and the song is called "Not You're Like Jason." You just said the song was tied to a national terrorist event. We don't care about your music review. This isn't Pitchfork, but it could be. It would be better than Pitchfork. The I don't only talk about Nickelodeon people from Nickelodeon Disney shows, but I talk about them like they are hipster artists. First off, the song's called "Nine One One," not "Nine Eleven," but. She's talking about her having to deal, like, takes antipsychotic medication to deal with depression, and she uses the term of Papa 911. Like, I I need an emergency treatment. It's an interesting video. It's an interesting song. It doesn't really have anything to do with 9-11 other than the title of the song. But you, I have to address that. Like, it is it is weird that she does have Oreo cookies. <laughs> Let's just be frank. She has Oreo cookies that look like damage to the World Trade Center. The imagery is similar. I'm not going to say this guy's cuckoo. Cuckoo, it does, and he's not, it's interesting conspiracy theory because he's not saying this means X. He's just going, this is what I found. This other person popped into the subreddit, just the cat mom, um, hopped into the subreddit, and they were the ones who was like, yeah, you know, the 9-11 music video, and what does that mean? I've been bipolar all my life, and I've never taken a pill with 9-11 on it, so she must be, ma- which is a, it, that, that was an actual statement they made in their subreddit post, and I, I thought that was interesting because we, talked about that i don't remember what the subject was last week where oh the black eye club where people go and i've never had a black eye or i've never seen a black eye in real life therefore everyone with a black eye is part of some illuminati ritual that's so bizarre that they will that they're asking for physical proof of black eyes existing they've never seen one in real life but they'll believe in all sorts of other paranormal conspiracy phenomenon And that's kind of where we're at with this. I've never taken a pill. I'm bipolar. I'm not bipolar, but this person, they've never taken a pill that says 911 on it. So the fact that she was using that as a metaphor didn't make sense to her. And that's the real reason why I wanted to cover this story is we are really getting balked. I I don't want to stand on my pedestal too long here, but so I'll keep this brief. But I feel like we're getting boxed in to cultural image or just image not even cultural imagery imagery if you're an artist or a photographer or a music video director or a director in general and you have a scene with black and white tile on the floor you like the way it looks nope you're part of the illuminati that's masonic you have a pyramid on your business card because you think oh that's kind of a cool thing it's like how everyone comes together and like lifts up the top which is me i'm the ceo no you're part of the illuminati like basic imagery which, to be fair, secret societies do use that stuff. They do use that stuff. I'm not saying it's always fake. But it's like you can't even have a rip on a bag without it somehow being tied into the death of 3,000 Americans. <laughs> they did not, I would be flabbergasted if Oreo did this on purpose. And the thing is, I mentioned this again on the Black Eye Club. When Mitt Romney had a black eye, that was kind of why he did that story. I said, welcome, Mitt Romney. You are now part of conspiracy culture for the rest of your life. No matter what you do, there will always be 100,000 weirdos who think that because you got a black eye because you're a 73-year-old man, 
You're now part of some secret cabal. He ran for president, by the way. He's a supremely powerful person, far beyond his black eye, right? I don't know why he was getting it now. But anyways, perfect example of this, uh, Marina Abramovich. Now, conspiracy theorists know that name. She was the one who popped out during the Clinton emails that were hacked linking John Podesta. That was the start of Pizzagate. That was the start of the pizza-related napkins and the maps and the hot dogs and the pizza and all these weird code words. And that's on one side of it. And I do have serious questions about what those code words meant and people being implicated. There's some serious questions there. But, but on the other hand, you had Marina Abramovich, who... She was tied into the whole Podesta thing by, she's an artist who did this thing called spirit cooking. She's a performance artist. I had never heard of her before this. Most people had never heard of her before this. She was a performance artist. She was like Eastern Orthodox from Serbia. She immigrates to the United States and just starts doing all this wacky stuff. But it ends up with her doing this thing called spirit cooking where it has these weird rituals these, she has like a spell, like a spell book slash cookbook, and it's like mix milk with semen and blood and do whatever with it. John Podesta had gone to these art shows. Lady Gaga has gone to these art shows. She was recently hired by Microsoft for this big ad campaign. Got a huge blowback because she's an occultist who was working with the Pizzagate people and stuff like that. And, and Microsoft fired her from the campaign. Now, I don't know Marina Abramovich personally. Um, the spirit cooking thing, out of context, as out of it being art, was super disgusting. And I remember reading this and being like, these guys are all sickos. Like, what is this? I looked more into it. And I found this very, very fascinating. She was basically the Johnny Knoxville of the art scene. Her spirit cooking thing came later in life. And that was something that old people, old rich people could sit down and go, oh, look, at we're so daring and we're so enlightened. And isn't this spooky? And it's kind of like spooky Halloween. Her other things that she did, art installations, she was constantly trying to kill herself. Once she hooked up this, this was a real thing she did. And to show that her early, like she was a performance artist, she will be forever part of conspiracy culture. Her early stuff, she had this massive fan set up in an art room and she was walking towards it with her mouth wide open. She was trying to see how much wind she can get in her lungs before she died. And people were sitting there and they're like, stop, Marina, stop, stop. And she's walking towards the fan and she passes out and the audience pulls her out of the way of the fan and they basically (laughs) save her life. She gets mad. She goes, you didn't let the art finish. So she did it again. But this time she goes, there's only going to be one person in the room with me. It's going to be a cameraman. The audience is sitting in another room. I'm going to walk towards the fan. Cameraman, you cannot move me. She does the same thing. She's walking towards this fan with her mouth wide open. Her lungs, her lungs inflate. She falls down, passes out, and she's just like, oh, she's just laying there on the ground getting blasted by this giant fan. And the cameraman's just filming it. And the people are in the other room. They're like, dude, what is going on? Is he going to let this woman die? Of course he doesn't. Spoiler alert, she's still alive. At one point, she loaded a bunch, this is a different art thing. She loaded a bunch of like oil in a car. And drove the car into a museum. She let them know ahead of time. It wasn't like Smokey and the Bandits, but they cleared out this part of a museum. And she just did donuts in the middle of the museum, spraying oil and goo everywhere. And then after, I don't know how many rotations, she gets out of the car and she goes, there's my sculpture. And she just walked away. At one point, she took a drug that they give people with a catatonia, catatonic state. And it caused her muscles to seize up. And she's free- in front of an audience, just freaking out. And then after about 10 minutes, 
they gave her medication that schizophrenics take to calm down. That was her art show. She was pushing her body to the extreme. And in any other artist's repertoire, we wouldn't have known about it, right? I never would have known about this person had I not looked them up. And I never would have looked them up if I hadn't heard about the spirit cooking thing. But that's hilarious. <laughs> that stuff's hilarious. That stuff's hilarious. She got a partner and they both stuck a tube in each other's mouth and just breathed each other's oxygen until they both passed out from carbon dioxide, too much carbon dioxide. Like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> she wasn't supposed to be pin and teller. She wasn't supposed to be cracking jokes, but that's cutting edge stuff. She will always be remembered for spirit cooking. She, like, grew up East. I don't want to be a Marina Abramovich ap- apologist because for all I know, she does do a bunch of weird stuff on the side, but her spirit cooking thing was what she will always be remembered for because the conspiracy theory culture is pushing that one. I was shocked when she got the Microsoft thing. I wasn't shocked by that. I was shocked that they fired her. I thought they would just be like, whatever, it's only 100,000 people out there. Conspiracy theory culture is huge. There's a ton, it goes from all different angles. It's from people like us who have a couple conspiracy theories we believe in and we're very interested in conspiracy theory culture to people who believe in literally everything put in front of them. And we'll never go see a Tom Hanks movie again because technically he's under house arrest in Australia still. Remember that whole thing? Remember Tom Hanks was in house arrest in Australia and Ellen had an ankle monitor on and now he's making movies and she has her talk show still. The whole It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. But the And they've just moved on to other conspiracy theories and they they won't ever address oh no that's a hologram of tom hanks in that movie that movie was shot 10 years ago that's the sequel to the burbs you fool he's really under house arrest in australia still so marina bramovich lady gaga oreos tom hanks these guys will always be enmeshed in conspiracy theory culture and it's just a very very interesting moment in time or you have any image, if you have anything in your movie or television show that, that can be counted, someone will count it up, divide it by two, add three to it, and it'll make 666. And you just can't escape it. The question is, how much can you tank of it? I have a buddy who works at a bookstore here in town. They have a, a pride flag. They have a pride flag on their uh, window outside of their bookstore. And a woman came in, this is probably about a couple months ago, and accused the store of supporting pedophilia and then accused him of being a pedophile. And he goes, okay, well, I'm just going to call the cops. Like, you can leave now. He just kept going, you can leave, you can leave, you can leave. Apparently, she's been doing that to businesses all over the town. They have a little pride flag sticker on there. She goes in and tells them that they're supporting pedophilia. And if they don't take it down, they are a pedophile themselves. So that 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 all stems from not the Lady Gaga Oreo cookies. <laughs> not like she was eating Oreo cookies while she was doing it. It stems from this idea that these hidden messages are everywhere and only the gifted and, and the wise can see these messages and everyone else is a sheep or worse. And what happens when that culture stops just pointing their finger and starts going, well, if Tom Hanks is a pedophile, there's nothing worse than a pedophile. It's my duty to do something about it. That's where I'm afraid this is all leading. So there we go. I actually didn't expect it to go that long, but let's go ahead. And Adam, I look over at you. I didn't forget you either, Littlefoot. Adam's like, damn it, Littlefoot didn't support the Patreon. I did. We know you did, Adam, and that's why I'm tossing you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. Take us out of here. We're leaving behind Hollywood. We are headed out to the Philippines. So while we're in the Philippines, we're going to meet an exorcist known as Ronnie E. Ablong. 
So Ronnie had recently posted on his Facebook a tale, a story of demonic possession, because he is an exorcist. And he had met this woman, and for weeks he had been pulling demons out of her. CGI, 1990 CGI flying out of her mouth. Now he is not bragging on Facebook about the fact that he pulled 39 demons out of a woman. This is a warning, man. I can't believe I'm being so flippant. (sighs) Jason. You see, five of these demons were actually from horror movies. Now, not cool horror movies like pulling out Freddy Krueger and he has a one-liner. He's like, I'll be back. (laughs) I guess it's not a one-liner. That's just something he's going to do. Or pulling out, you know, Leprechaun from the Leprechaun films. I've actually tried writing Leprechaun films myself. (laughs) Maybe I'll do an episode on that someday. I actually have some spec scripts. Technically, it's Leprechaun fan fiction, but I call them spec scripts. He's pulling out all these demons. He's not pulling out any good horror demons. He says, listen, I'm pulling out demons from horror movies. You guys got to not watch these movies. So then he lists these demons. He goes, Valak from The Nun, 2018. Now, he lists the year of the movies for these, right? Odd detail. Like, did he go Google the movies afterwards? As as Valak is coming out, he's like, Hey, Ronnie, I'll fight you again, but watch my movie. It's on Netflix. Like, why does he... Why why do the years of the movie matter, Ronnie? These are immortal demons. Anyways, Valak from The Nun, never saw it, pulled out Sylvia Ganoush. Remember that famous demon, Sylvia Ganoush? Littlefoot's all, I don't know. Nobody does. Sylvia Ganesh was from Drag Me to Hell, which was a great horror movie, which was a great horror movie. I recommend watching Drag Me to Hell. It's real kind of cheesy. It's Sam Raimi. I think he produced it. I don't know if he directed it, but... Um, Annabelle, she comes crawling out of this girl's mouth. Her head's spinning around. And that is just the doll, right? Because in the movie Annabelle, which I saw the second one, I saw the prequel to Annabelle. The first one was super boring, but it can't be that boring. Demons are crawling out of it. Annabelle's not a demon, it's a possessed doll. So Sylvia Ganush was like a gypsy lady, so she was technically a demon because she was from hell, and Valak was a demon. But So Annabelle the doll is now a demon. I, I find that absolutely fascinating because it means that you could sit down tonight and invent a demon... And then that demon becomes real. Like that demon becomes part of the pantheon. And you go, Jason, maybe I'm just, maybe there's a real demon that looks like a doll, that looks like a doll that's running around hell and no one respects it. And then it gave me the idea for the doll demon movie. But I don't know. I like my idea better. Don't let Chris Chan know that though. Otherwise, we're going to get overrun by Sonic Chew demons. But remember, there's five of them. And he's already running out of ideas, right? If he's using like, Drag Me to Hell was good, but that's like a, I, I really enjoy that movie. I'd put it probably in my top, I don't know, 500 horror movies, but I wouldn't... It's like C-list. Like, no one knows of it. And then he's doing Annabelle the Doll. Like, he's already running out of stuff. Then he does Diane Walter, that fearsome demon that keeps kids awake. Diane Walter from Lights Out, which it was an interesting movie. It was an interesting movie. I just remember the ghost blew her brains out, which I found very bizarre. Not really a demon, again. It's just a character who turns into a ghost and then shoots herself with a ghost gun or hangs herself with a ghost rope. I don't remember, but maybe none of that stuff happened. I'm thinking of something different. But anyways, Diane Walter. And then, and then to finish it off with the most frightening demon of all, he actually mentioned it second, but I had to build up courage to say this, Esme. 
Esme Colon, Edward's mother from Twilight. Not a demon, by the way. A very, very attractive vampire woman. Not a demon. So after giving us this list of what really is fictional characters, right? He goes, these are the demons that have possessed this young woman. And then after going through that whole list, he has a warning. (laughs) The best place to put a warning is after you've already read these things. Warning, please do not mention or pronounce their names because doing so will empower them or you will be harassed. Well, if I have to choose between the two, empower them, sure. I'm not let them harass someone else. Except Esme. Esme, you know, you can uh, swing on by my place, but don't put that out. Don't put that after you've listed all the names. Because what if someone's reading that Facebook post out loud? No one's reading the Facebook post out loud. No one's like, hey honey, you want to hear something funny I read on the internet and I didn't finish reading it? I just read the first paragraph. Yeah, Bob, sure. He's reading this, and then his wife's head spinning around, throwing up everywhere, walking with little ragdoll physics. But what he's saying is that by watching these horror movies, you're actually inviting these demons into your life. That's old school, right? We've heard that since the 80s, uh, even before that. But 80s, 70s, 80s was when horror movies really took off. You know, if you watch this stuff, you're inviting that evil in. I think the worst thing you can get from watching Twilight is having a horrible view on how men should treat women because Edward is one of the most abusive boyfriends in those movies. It's jaw-droppingly bad. He's a terrible boyfriend, but I don't think you're going to get possessed watching Twilight. I, I could, You could argue... Here's my thing, and this is how we're going to wrap this up because on the one hand, we're having a laugh at this. Annabelle the doll did not possess anybody. Right, I'm, I'm, I would put more. I would put more credence to the theory that Oreo had something to do with 9/11 than the fact that Annabelle the doll possessed a girl in the Philippines or anywhere for that matter. Not just, I'm like, oh, she possessed someone in Russia. Well, that makes sense. Here's the thing: I think most of this is pure poppycock, but not all of it. I do believe we've talked about this a lot on the show. I do believe that there are cursed films out there. I think if you can have an item that is haunted or possessed, like an Annabelle the doll, I I actually believe that you can have a doll possessed by a paranormal, supernatural, or demonic force. I I just don't think that doll could then possess you. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. So I believe that's possible. So why couldn't it possess a film reel or a video cassette? And I'm not saying that everyone who watches The Nun is going to get possessed. Because then, see, the reason why this doesn't make sense is you would have millions upon millions of people. None was a hit. You'd have, at Twilight even more so, you'd have millions upon millions upon millions of people possessed. If simply watching, you're telling me the President Biden never watched Twilight. Or his daughter didn't. Does he have a daughter? His granddaughter, whatever. You're telling me that Vladimir Putin never sat down in his pajamas to watch Drag Me to Hell. He's like, this is my favorite movie. It should be on IMDb Trivia. Someone add that. Vladimir Putin's favorite movie. You're telling me that someone... who I I hate to sound like a jerk, but who cares if a girl in the Philippines is possessed by Annabelle the doll? Why would a demon be like, oh, yes, I finally reached my master plan. It's puberty all over again. What? No, you'd be possessing, like, senators. You'd be possessing presidents or generals. And then, like, they would just be blowing each other up. I do believe people can be possessed by demons, but I think it's very difficult for them to do it. I think you could have people who are like hardcore drug addicts who are doing all sorts of horrible things to themselves 
and to others and still not be demonically possessed. Demonically influenced, yes. But still able to reject the possession, still be able to have a little bit of sense of self so they're not like, ah, I'm going to give up this heroin, I'm going to become a senator, and soon I will take over the planet. But if I was a demon, I would be going after the big guns. I'd be trying to possess generals and diplomats and things like that and causing international incidents and having massive war and destroying every holy book on the planet through nuclear annihilation. And then the handful of survivors left would truly be under the thrall of the demonic lords. I want to be a doll. I want to be a doll, right? I want to be a spooky doll in some girl's bedroom. Like, moves slightly when the webcam is recording late at night. And what's funny is, like I said, I do believe that I do believe that demons do possess things, but there has to be a disconnect between what we think demons want and what they actually want. If they wanted mass invasion, if they wanted to possess millions of people at once through popular culture, they've, they would have won the second Birth of a Nation first aired. Everyone who saw that movie would have went home and their eyes glazed over, all possessed by demons, picking up pitchforks and stabbing each other. That would that'd be the time to do it, not now. It's a very, very interesting topic to me. I think the idea of demonic possession and the war between God and the demons and man and the demons is a very, very fascinating topic. But I think it gets trivialized when people go, oh, if you watch this horror movie... A demon's going to show up and possess you. 39 demons may show up and possess you. But, you know, all that being said, going back to my original point, and I'll wrap it up like this, I do believe that there are... I do believe that there is the possibility that demons can get into media. question is, what are they doing there, and what's their end goal? I don't think it's just mere possession. And I don't think it's something that millions of people watch because you'd see millions of possessions. I, I think it could be the copy that you downloaded. Onto your computer that's just been sitting on your hard drive. That movie that you've been waiting to watch. Could be the book you picked up from the used bookstore. That's sitting on your shelf right now. Just waiting to be read by you. And nobody else. Or it could be a webcomic. A webcomic that is so demonically influenced. It affected your life before you read it. That actually happened to me. That happened to me. But I will tell you that story later this week on Dead Rabbit Radio. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. 
And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.